You talking to me? You talking to me? You talking to me? Then who the hell else are you talking to? Talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. Who the fuck do you think you're talking to? Oh, yeah? Huh? Okay. Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up to their boss or are best left in the past. <laughs> or both left in the past. I think I said blessed left in the... I'm Tristan. And I'm Greg. Yeah. Someone put a question mark on the teleprompter. Uh, I've done it again. <laughs> you can buy teleprompters, you know. You know when I was trying About my time. hand at the YouTube thing? I discovered you can get them for for at home use. Why would you have one at home for like office for Zoom meetings type thing? Is that the is I that think the for making YouTube videos really? Oh, for the yes, for that course. influencer life. So you you type into your prompter, "Hey guys, a lot of you have been asking about my morning routine." <laughs> yeah, it actually wouldn't be bad for if you had a big prezo. Because I actually, yeah, I've, I've done that. I felt like the yeah, the like I've, I've definitely put notes on like a second screen and like looked at it, and then mm, lo- and lost, lost where I was immediately, and then never looked at it again. Did I tell you? I think I told you this. I was doing a a live Q and A here in Sydney for like the IAB, I think it was, which is Internet Advertising Bureau. <laughs> <laughs> there, man, there's like three wrong. organizations that have the same words in different order for different acts. There's yeah. the A, ABI, IAB, <laughs> It was a, uh, and it was on like data privacy and things like that. Oh, yeah. And so I made sure I had a couple of. Well, they gave us questions that we were each going to answer, and we had a practice run through of making it sound fluid and nice. And yeah, and the lady. She asked my question, but she only asked the first half of my question, which was the, oh, yes, I would, Kent, part of the, <laughs> like it's a, it was the short part yeah. of the question. The next part was the meaty good part. And so you're like, am I supposed me. to yes and myself or is it coming? I had to, yeah, I kind of, I kind of fluffed it. Mm. I was like, oh, were you going to ask me about such and such? And she's like, oh, I, I can. I'm like, yeah, okay, well. <laughs> It wasn't seamless. It was it was seamful. Was this Christine Arnu? No, that was a whole other thing, wasn't it? <laughs> hey, made, we love Christine Arnu. Mm, maybe not a great interviewer, though. Yeah, not maybe not. Didn't read the briefing notes for my segment that <laughs> night. Hey, we're doing a podcast over here called Double Impact. There, Greg and I yeah. haven't spoken all week, so we all, this podcast is now a primary form of catching up. So welcome to the party, pal. Welcome, guys. You're now just part of our weekly chats. If you haven't heard, Tristan lives in New York now. I'm in New York over here. And I'm still in Sydney. We're doing Taxi Driver. Taxi Driver. New Year, 1976. This is brand spanking new. (laughs) It is. Does this predate Jaws? When did Jaws come out? 79? Is this our earliest film? I think so. No, we did. 
We did uh Oh um the Olympic Road story. Yeah. Mm, the story of the 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 road construction. Yeah. <laughs> um pretty early though, seventy six, it predates us. Hey, happy yeah. birthday for the week, Tristan. Thanks. It's man. your birthday week. It's my birthday week. Yeah. It's late thirties. <laughs> <laughs> mid, mid to late thirties. I get the benefit now of two time zone birthdays, so it's, it's a two yeah, day cool. affair, which mm. is nice. It is good. Yeah. So it should be. Yeah. It's not bad. Not bad at all. So we're celebrating the taxi driver. Came out in seventy six. Feel good movie of nineteen seventy six. Oh, when did you think of that one? Just now. It's good. Oh, it's good. It's good. I was I couldn't tell if it was on the spot or one you thought of a week or so ago. Nah. Well, you only they... finished watching it five minutes ago. Yeah. So that checks out. Yeah. I, I think that's a good that's a good uh, opportunity to caveat that. Uh, yeah, maybe the last couple of episodes and, and this one included. Uh, life's been shaken up a little bit. I perhaps haven't uh-huh. gone to the depths in the research that I usually endeavour to uh, to hit. But we'll get there. We'll I get think there. it's been fine. Yeah, yeah, we'll get there. And get with there. this movie, it's a, it's a transition movie, period. We were saying just before we started recording, a movie like this, this is this is usually the type of movie I want to like have watch a couple times. You know, watch a few docos, do some deep mm. reading. But I finished spend watching some time it as a taxi driver. Spend some time as a taxi driver. Move to New York. Uh, but <laughs> I only got go. to do one of those things this week. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you know, it's taxi driver. So it's like many smart people have said many smart things. Yes. If you're ready for some less smart things to be said about this film, you came to the right you're place. In the right place. <laughs> I tell you what was smart in what? 1976. Was that the banning of all cigarette advertising on radio and television in Australia? Wow, that's earlier than I thought. Right. So this is the this is the conversation I'd like to have with you. Okay. Um, so that was a ban on all cigarette advertising on radio and television in Australia. Now, there was very clear, obviously, loopholes or yeah, you know, ways around this because. It seemed as though sponsorship of yeah. there was still the Winfield Cup, which is our yeah. rugby league um, uh, event, cup, yeah. season. I'm, I'm already losing my words. <laughs> so that was a bit of a uh, a bit of a red herring. But I guess it was the actual ads, the thirty seconds or the fifteen or the minute spots that you see on TV. That was when that stopped. Seventy six. Yeah. But then they could still have like naming rights for like the biggest sporting event in the country. Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? Yeah, because it stopped, these sort of ads stopped in 1970 in America. Yeah. um, And I think 64 in UK. So we were pretty behind the times versus some of, you know, our Western counterparts. Yeah, right. Yeah. And then obviously a couple of other key dates. Oh, yeah, 1990. Um, banned advertising in newspapers and magazines. So you could still do the old print and press until 1990. Yeah. Don't right. know why. Interesting. You got any insight into to the difference there? It's interesting because the, the evolution of just the way smoking has been positioned, you got, you got the spectrum of like back in the day being endorsed by doctors to, okay, it starts getting taken off TV in like distinct ad formats, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and then off more and more mediums. Uh-huh. Uh par- In parallel to this, they get more and more expensive mm-hmm. in Australia specifically. A pack of cigarettes now in Australia is like 30 bucks or something, I think. Oh, man, I think it's closer to 50 if you buy them in a pub. Yeah, that's crazy. So it- it's not illegal, but they're expensive and you-, you basically have to go alone somewhere to smoke them. It's just such a weird thing. <laughs> mm. and-, and like generally, statistically speaking, Lower socioeconomic groups are more likely to smoke and they've just become so expensive that it's like, can't you just let people have a vice? Like, it's, I, I don't endorse smoking. I'm not a, but you know, I don't know. It just seems like if it's legal, then it's legal. Well, you're going to tax, what, what's taxing the shit out of it going to do? Yeah. Like, there's probably not that many people that are addicted to smoking that go, oh, well, maybe I'll give up. They're getting expensive. Yeah, they just they stop spending money on other things. Yeah, exactly. So it's it's a bit icky, isn't it? It is. It's a it's a tough it's tough one to navigate. Um, cigarettes, I believe, are now illegal in New Zealand for oh yeah a certain age bracket. So they don't they're not illegal for people that are addicted and you know hardened smokers in their fifties and whatever. Yeah, it's but like phasing if, it out or something. Yeah, which that's pretty interesting. That I is interesting. I don't disagree with that. And then it's ironic that then, again, in parallel to that, then you've got weed becoming legal. I don't really totally know the ins and outs of like, is weed not bad for you too? I guess smoking's bad either way. Maybe the other forms are not as bad. I don't know. Yeah, I think I think how you have it makes a difference. Smoking weed is probably comes with some carcinogens yeah. versus oils and, and some of and gummies or some of the modern ingestion methods. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hey, I tell you where um, smoking hasn't uh, retracted. No, oh, where's that? The big screen. Interesting. Actually, I think some countries or is it even on some streaming services now it comes up as one of the things like adult themes, sex scenes, smoking. smoking. Yeah, right. I thought, I Interesting. Thought it somewhere. I read here on this CNN article, so it's got to be right, um, the number of times tobacco used on screen in PG-13 films jumped 120% between 2010 and 2018. Really? That's fascinating because you think of marketing, you think of advertising, you think of all the other shit we just talked about. Cigarette companies still have marketing departments, man, Mm -hmm. and I guess that's what they're doing, getting over there and the movies there. Yeah. Giving them cigarettes, making people look cool. Yeah. Someone's got it. Yeah. And uh, and apparently e-cigarettes, the, the uptake of e-cigarettes has offset any decline in regular cigarettes. So people want to smoke. Smoke, smoke, smoke those cigarettes. Yeah, people want to smoke, man. People the want e-cigarettes to weird me out though. If I'm having a cigarette, I want the Tari nicotine. It seems like it wouldn't be flavor. as satisfying, yeah. I don't want to. I don't want watermelon or grape <laughs> flavored smoke. Anyway, that's uh, that's my tidbit. Cigarettes. Yeah. Well, big year for tobacco. Well, a small year for to- smaller year for tobacco, but a rocky year for tobacco. Mm. Big year for films, though. Was it? Oh, maybe. Rocky year for tobacco, my- and it was Rocky's year at the cinema. Seventy six. Did that come out all that time ago, man? Number one film in the world, man. Even this movie, I was—I knew it was old, but I don't know. I guess after 
before eighty four, I just I just I just put them all in the same bucket. Old. Rocky was number one. I'll go through the whole top ten because we haven't done this before. Number one film of the year was Rocky. Number two, The Fly. Number three, King Kong. Number four, Midway. Number five, A Star Is Born. Oh yeah. Silver Streak, All the President's Men, The Omen, The Enforcer, oh. The Bad News Bears. Then coming in all the way at number 14 was Taxi Driver. Listen, you fuckers, you screwheads. Here is a man who would not take it anymore, who would not let... Listen, you fuckers, you screwheads. Here is a man who would not take it anymore. A man who stood up against the scum, the cunts, the dogs, the filth, the shit. Here is someone who stood up. It's actually fascinating because uh, usually I look up the, you know, the, the box office for the year and there's about 200 movies on the list. And there's more than 200 movies that came out, but they just showed 200. When you look at the 70s, there's like 20 movies. Like Taxi Driver being number 14 is significant. Rocky being number one is significant. Mm, mm, it is. The Fly being number two. Like these are all pretty – I kind of get – when you look at it like this, it really puts into context what Scorsese said about Marvel films and stuff and, and such. Mm. about how uh, I think he said, oh, you know, they're not really films, they're more like theme park rides. And if this is the mm. point of reference, then you've got to agree with the man. Have you seen Omen? Yeah. Only when I was a kid, I think I just saw it on TV randomly, like one Sunday movie, like during the day. Wow. Yeah. And then we're like, hang on, this is legit. It's yeah. got Gregory's Peck and everything. What is this, mummy? Maybe we hit that for Halloween. Yeah. Nice. Nice. We could also do a 70s miniseries. That would be fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think of Shaft when I think of a 70s for some reason. Yeah. Good soundtrack, Shaft. that one. Yeah. Came out in February 1976, Taxi Driver, not Shaft. Budget of $1.9 million with a gross box office of $28.4 million. Wow. Wow. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes scores, critic score of 96%, audience score of 93%. That puts it squarely in the certified fresh zone critic consensus. Mm. A must-see film for movie lovers. This Martin Scorsese masterpiece is as hard-hitting as it is compelling with Robert De Niro mm. at his best. Mm. Mm. Poignant. Was it big for you though, Greg? Did you watch this at the cinema back in 76? So I did not. Missed it? Um, yeah. I might have. I might have <laughs> somewhere in in some in the been in the scrotum there. <laughs> um, do you know what? I think I was trying to remember when I first watched this because I have seen it a couple of times. Yeah, and I think this was from the JB Hi-Fi bargain bin era for me. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, which is I was thinking about it. I guess that's my equivalent to film student Tristan era because JB Hi-Fi would have these bargain bins and you'd go in there and you'd buy all the dividends that you'd like, oh, yeah, I've heard of that. Oh, yeah, I've heard of that. That looked yeah. cute. And they were all $5, $10, some $20, you know. So I would pick up all these, I guess, classics yeah. um, for the first time. And I think That's it was so in good. that little period I watched it. How about you? I watched it I think in high school, film student Tristan days, but <clears throat> I was thinking it's probably important to differentiate you know, film student Tristan days, it was not one, you know, many phases within that phase, you know. 
<laughs> mm. Oh yeah, it's not a single phase. No, and and uh, it's multifaceted. And this would have been early, early days where I think it was I was watching all the most obvious films you're supposed to watch, so like this and A Clockwork Orange and mm-hmm. um, I don't know Apocalypse Now, that kind of stuff. Like any, mm, what's yeah. the like cl- all the cliche films should Full Metal films. Jacket. Full, yeah, exactly. And um, and it's interesting because I, I like I liked it. I liked it, but it's like I couldn't fully comprehend everything it was laying down. My brain was still too small and hadn't experienced enough life. But it was that kind yeah. of thing, I think, where it's like, you know it's special, but you don't totally absorb it all. Yep, that's, it's that's like astute. When you sip a beer too early, you're like, oh, uh, but I don't know if I like all those flavors. Um, mm. And I think I struggled a bit with the nuance of Travis Bickle and, wait, so mm. wait, is he a hero or what, what's going on here? That ambiguity, mm. well, it's not even that ambiguous really, but uh, it mm. was just. Oh, is to a younger person. Yeah. Perhaps? And it was just like, this makes me feel funny. <laughs> you know, it's, mm. it's interesting. Just unsettling. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think I watched it a, quite a few times then and I feel like I haven't watched it much since. I think mainly because it's not exactly a feel-good movie so I've just never really like I haven't mm. wanted to hang out with this movie. You know what I mean? It's been like, yeah, mm. I've seen it, it's filed away. Obviously wanted to watch it again at some point and um, we'll watch it again at another point. But uh, yeah, not not one you just throw on like lightly Zoolander. <laughs> with a bit of a hangover. Yeah, I think I still say organized from this movie though. Um, oh yeah, yeah, and I still go to porno theaters from this movie. Mm. Uh, no, the, the porno theater on man your, on all your first dates. Porno theaters, man. What a, what a weird thing. I guess that was the mm. internet of its day. And you're gonna sit there. Yeah, it's oh man, it's mm. so weird. Mm. Group porn viewing is a foreign concept. Yeah, man. Yeah. Anyway, that was my experience. With porn films? With, with porn, porn theatres? Porn theatres, yeah. Sticky floors. Sticky floors. Ew. <laughs> Ew. Let's so, keep moving. Let's keep moving. All right, let's move into the origin story. Origin story. This film was written by Paul Schrader, who also would mm. go on to write Raging Bull. Also go on to direct a lot recently. Uh, there was a film a couple of years ago called uh, a couple of years ago called First Reformed, which was like a big deal. And then I was like, "Oh, I must watch that." And you know, I haven't watched it, but I remember hearing at the time, "Oh, it's the guy that wrote Taxi Driver, and he's directed it, and it's really good." And yeah, mm-hmm. he must be so damn old though, because his writing credits go back to like early seventies. Man. I mean, they're all old. Scorsese's old too. They keep making movies. Mm. Ridley Scott's yeah. old. Spielberg's old. Scorsese's still pumping them out. Yeah. They're just getting lost. Big movies. He's, got, he's on that sweet Leo train. Yeah. Anyway, this is the second movie that Paul Schrader had made. I'm assuming he probably mm. wrote more, but in terms of ones that got made, this is his second credit. And, um, you know, this is one of those movies where it really is like it starts with the writer. And, um, you know, it was a fully formed script before uh, Scorsese got his hands on it. And it was apparently inspired by uh, 
dreams and and that feeling of being in limbo and uh, drawing on his own life experience of being a chronic insomniac in New York City. Mm. Mm. And, in fact, he would go to porno theatres because they were open all night. Like he was just bored out of his brain and in his weird zone. And so that that inspired a lot of it. And then the other ingredient. And he didn't have TikTok. Yeah. He didn't have TikTok at the time. <laughs> or Pornhub. Or Pornhub, exactly. And I think at some point another ingredient came into it, which was being inspired by the diaries of Arthur Bremer, who was an attempted, well, he attempted an assassination of a presidential candidate in 72. Okay. Um, so, you know, very uh, real Travis Bickle type. But anyway, mm. uh, Paul, poor old Paul Schrader, uh, he did spend some time living in his car. He went to hospital for a stomach ulcer. He was having a rough trot. But after that hospital visit, he punched out this script in two weeks. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And uh, apparently Brian De Palma wow. pointed Scorsese in his direction and was like, hey, this, guy, this guy's got something in his hot little hand that you might be interested in. You like New York? Yeah, New York, police cops, you got it. Pre Bish Bash Bosh, one nice little precaster here, Dustin Hoffman. Mm. For Sybil Shepherd's part, I assume. <laughs> After Tootsie, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the only precaster I came across. I'm sure there were maybe some deeper cuts, but that, that's, mm. that's one worth highlighting. Um, mm-hmm. Not really origin story, but a little nice little nugget of De Niro at the time. He was he was shooting a film in Rome at the time as well, and he would fly back and forth. Godfather Two, or did that no, already happen? Something else. Well, that had already happened. He'd won the Oscar already. Oh wow! Um, oh yeah, because he he got a taxi license and was driving a taxi for a couple of weeks in New York City, just like you. And he got recognized, just like me. And he got recognized by an aspiring actor, and he's like, "What the fuck? You won an Oscar, and you still have to drive a taxi." <laughs> That was nice. It was nice. That's good. Good. And that little and that young man was Kanye West. <laughs> yeah, that, that that was a Jamie Foxx anecdote. I think that one was Ed Sheeran. He's got. He's, I've heard him tell the Ed Sheeran one a few times now. Yeah, yeah. He likes. <laughs> and that young man was Neptune's. I can't remember if we mentioned this in the pod, but Greg and I really enjoy. We share whenever it comes up on TikTok or something. We always share because. The man you, could, you, don't get me wrong, yeah. he, the man could tell an anecdote, but you see him tell it word for word exactly the same in different interviews and it gets a bit weird, like, ah. Uh. Well, I'd shared it, I shared, I was listening to him on Tim Ferriss or something random like that yeah. and he was telling this house party story about how, and it turned out that it was Jay-Z and it was the Neptunes and it was Kanye West, they're all there and sort of sets it up and that young man was Kanye West. And, um, and you were like, and yeah, and you were like, "Oh, is he telling the Kanye West story?" I was like, "Oh, yeah, don't tell." Is that? And and he's like, "Yeah, he tends to do that a lot." And since then, I've seen it easy <laughs> half dozen times. He'll do it on like Graham Norton. He'll do it on like yeah, Sway or whatever. Yeah, fucking everything. Mm, yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's a cool story. It's, it's just, a great story. The, and it's hard know. because the internet tells the world for you when you say something once. So True, hundred percent. I can't really hold it against him because. They want you to tell these anecdotes. Is he supposed to come up with a new script every time? And <laughs> and yeah, like you, we're exposed to this. The first time I saw this was when um, 
Rob Schneider was promoting the film uh, the, the Animal. Yeah. Yeah. And it was he was promoting it in Australia because there was an Australian actor in it from the cast. Which one, sorry? Michael Not the Caden. carrot. The the animal. Oh yeah. Replace yep. replace carrot with animal and it's basically the same mm-hmm. film. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and he kept telling the same anecdote about Michael Caton using this using the phrase a bee's dick. And I saw him tell that story like five times. Yeah. Uh. And it really made me cringe, but but uh, but you're right. Like in this day and age, you're gonna see shit. It's everywhere. harder. It's hard. It's hard. You have to go. Like Rob Pattinson makes up stories. I respect that. Oh, good. People ask him about it later. He's like, ah, oh, nah, that's not true. <laughs> he just makes up anecdotes for talk shows and shit. Oh, I like it. That's what I'd do. A beautiful I used to do soul. that to my mates when I was little. Here's the symbol. It's basically, this town just lying. Needs. Yeah. It's, uh, it's anyway. Yeah. Uh, Bitch Bash Bosh, she goes off a movie, rap party, the Viper Room. Let's play the trailer. De Niro. In Bang the Drum Slowly, the critics called him a brilliant new talent. After Mean Streets, they said he was a genius. For his performance in The Godfather Part Two. They gave him the Academy Award. Come on, man. Just get me out of here, all right? Now, Robert De Niro creates a terrifying portrait of life on the edge of madness. Tabby, just forget about this. It's nothing. Taxi Driver, a film by Martin Scorsese. Yeah, people do anything in front of a taxi driver. I mean, anything. People too cheap to, to rent a hotel room. Oh, driver, hurry up, will you? People want to embarrass you. It's like you're not even there. It's like, you know, like a taxi driver doesn't even exist. This city here is like an open sewer, you know? It's full of filth and scum. I think I know what you mean, Travis. But it's not going to be easy. Didn't guys get to be a Secret Service man? What? I was just curious because I thought maybe I'd make a good one. Hey, what kind of guns do you guys carry? 38s, 45s, 357 magnums, something bigger maybe. Hi. I'd like to volunteer. Why? Why? Because I think that you are the most for the only moment in his life that will ever mean anything. How much for everything? 350 for the Magnum, 250 for the 38, one and a quarter for the 25, 150 for the 38. That taxi driver's been staring at us. You talking to me? You talking to me? I don't know who's weirder, you or me. You talking to me? Who the hell else are you talking? Talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. I don't believe I've ever met anyone quite like you. Oh, yeah? You will never see a more chilling performance than this. Robert De Niro in Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. Jodie Foster. Albert Brooks. Harvey Keitel. Leonard Harris, Peter Boyle, Sybil Shepard, 
Taxi Driver. Good trailer. Mm, gives a bit away. Yeah. Get a get a sense of the the oeuvre. Yeah. But we need to give a little more away, I think. You want some more oeuvre? Yeah, give me the oeuvre. Okay. So we've got this guy, Travis. He's our protagonist. Uh, Travis is living in New York City. Yeah, yeah. He's 26 years old, not long out of the war, and he's in a big city trying to find his purpose and his place in the world. You know, I can relate to that as a 20... When I was a 26-year-old. Right, there you go. Um, Potentially with a few more headwinds than you, though, Tristan. Um, True. Apparent PTSD, uh, very limited education, no apparent network or family or even friends in this big city. No interests. And no, there's not a lot doing. He's also got some... Uh, social interaction challenges, shall we say. Yeah. Um, Now, despite all this, he pushes ahead. He gets a job as a taxi driver. Um, He even manages to jag a date with a minxy young Sybil Shepherd. Ooey! (laughs) Toasty! Despite all of Travis's good intentions, the world keeps knocking him back, Tristan. Yeah. So he took Sybil to see a porno on their first date. What of it? Was that like some kind of educational porno? It was a bit weird, the semen yeah. and the thing. There was other couples in there, I'm just saying. I noticed that too. I kept an eye out because, I, yeah, that was weird. It was weird. Now, Travis's rejections are compounded by his abundance of loneliness. He spends all this time alone reflecting on the grit and the horror he observes each night as a New York City cab driver. And he begins to obsess over the idea of his job is to clean up the streets. Yeah. And a brief encounter with a young Jodie Foster as a 12-year-old prostitute named Iris and her pimp sport, Harvey Keitel, Mm. they're enough, or it's enough, to set him off on his cause of justice. Yeah. But does she want his help? And is Travis cleaning up the streets or merely adding to its violence and bloodshed? Yeah. Finn. Exactly. Like, is he? It's a, it's a, it's interesting. Is he's like he wants to clean up this town, but is he not also part of the mess? You know. Mm. Got really, you really got to think. Really <laughs> yeah. makes you think. It really makes you think. And again, you know, a lot of people have talked about this movie. <clears throat> All we can do is is talk about our experience. Repeat that. And oh, um, yes, of course, our experience. One of my favorite. Parts of my experience was uh, Ara was watching it with me, at least the first mm-hmm. half. Yeah, and she was really loving it. She thought it looked so; it was really pretty, and it is. You know, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And um, she had no idea what was coming, and mm. then uh, she missed all that by the sounds of it. And she missed most of it. She saw him take Sybil to a porno. She was like, "Wait, what? Wait, what is this movie?" <laughs> she wasn't didn't know what to expect, which is fair enough. And it's actually. I think this is also the part that, in hindsight, might have got me stuck as as as, as little Junior Burger, and I, I was watching a video just a few minutes ago with Leonardo DiCaprio talking <laughs> about this film in a, a theatre. <laughs> oh right, okay. And cool. um, it was in a Scorsese. I guess they were promoting one of those other movies, those other ten movies mm. they made together. Mm-hmm. And um, the way he talks Gangs about of it is Wall like, they, yeah, they, they they make you so. 
sympathetic and empathetic to Travis and you're like you're on his side and then he kind of betrays you as the viewer, you're like, oh, wait, what are you doing, man? Wait, no, mm. this, what? Like the first half of the movie, or maybe not half, but a big chunk of the movie, you're like, oh, yeah, I get this guy. I can relate mm. to this guy. And then suddenly you can't and it's it's a bit jarring. And I don't yeah. think I had the mental capacity to 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 process that as a as a as a chad. Yeah. And now? And now, um, maybe a little. Maybe a little. Well, how did you find it? Oh, I liked it. Yeah, it's good. It's you know what? It's such a shame because we're staying in this temporary accommodation and I don't have an ideal movie setup. The TV's fine, but the sound is shit. I don't feel I get to really yeah. immerse. Mm. Um, having said that, yeah, I it's, man, it's good. And it, it is visually just like fucking spectacular. Mm. It is, isn't it? Yeah. And actually, I was because I hadn't watched it in a while, I was a little worried. I mean, I knew it would be good, but I was a little worried because of that strange feeling it left me with as a youth, you know. Yeah. W- would I feel similar now but no i feel much Icky. more like the ick as yeah i say. mean there's definitely ick there now but it's more like i i get the ick i'm glad yeah, i know what to do ick. with it yeah yeah how about you uh well yeah i mean it's a masterpiece really isn't it yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> i was like it's it's a visually stunning and de niro is just off the charts Man, so good, he's right? so good. He's so good. It's so a shame because – not a shame. He's a legend, living legend. But I feel his outer years have – they did well, you know. They, they take the spotlight a little bit off some of his earlier stuff really, right? Yeah. I mean he's, he's not quite Bruce Willising it but, you know, Dirty Grandpa and stuff. It's like – It's pretty – and he, he carries on a lot in the in – the, um, in the political stakes as well. Yeah. And, you know, from a neutral political view, it's just uh, he's an actor just rabbiting on about his point of view on something which isn't, didn't feel, feel particularly shaped or formed. Just, just well, he's angry, an old man now. That's his angry old to. man with a platform. I can't wait to be yeah, an old man. You get to be angry. I'm an angry young man. Yell at a cloud, do whatever you want. Well, anyway, I guess, yeah, the. It's almost like you forget how good he was. Yeah, because yeah, he almost hit. He almost got. He he did Casino, and then he kind of stayed in that character for the rest of his acting career. Yeah, like this slick persona. Because even in like Heat, it's a different character, but it's still yeah. There's a, there's a persona forms. Mm. Whereas in here, he's an awkward little creature. Yeah, and it's it's different. Yeah, it's very different. And I watched. I, I had a bit of time my sleeve, so I watched Mean Streets, which oh yeah, um, was Scorsese's film before the before this or a couple yeah, before I suppose before this with with Keitel and De Niro as well as these sort of youths growing up in in New York somewhere. You know, semi affiliated to, to. I haven't seen Mafia Mean Streets. And, yeah, it's a worthy watch. Yeah, um, it's on the list. One of those ones I wanted to watch, um, and then finally did. And um, and he plays a this sort of another different character again, who's this the kind of live wire dark horse of the group that's you know a bit of the problem child. Yeah, um, got a sort of it's an aggression there, but he's also kind of unhinged and 
and loose, which isn't, you know, we're used to him being this sort of slick, composed guy. So it was, again, interesting to see in one of these earlier roles where he was well, then doing different stuff. On, this, on that same note, then you've got to watch um, The King of Comedy. Oh, yeah, right. I've never seen that. I watched it a couple years ago. I never, I didn't get to Main Streets yet, but you know, there's a bunch you always mean to get to. I finally got to that one. I guess mm. the the right mood struck. <laughs> it was on Amazon or something. Yeah, and yeah, it's good and it's different again. It's funny because yeah, when you're a kid, you kind of think of both Scorsese and De Niro as like yeah, the mafia guys. They mm. do the mafia yeah. things. Mm-hmm. But then there's all this other stranger, this stranger world of <laughs> what they've done, which yeah. is fascinating. And yeah, the King of Comedy is uncomfortable and good and he's a weirdo in it. And, and between that and this movie is uh, The Bastard Child that is the Joker movie from a couple of years ago. Did you watch that? No. It, it wears its influences on its sleeve. It's definitely like... Yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, it's... it's and now ha- its watching suit? this again, it's like, fuck, man. It's like... It's like I wrote it down because it was uh, it, it hit me. It, it's like the film Joker mooches off the aesthetic equity of this film. It's like it, it tries to look like this film, which is fine, but it's got none of the substance behind it. Like it's pretty, it's 70s New York and it's shot in like the same kind of aesthetic you know, streetlights and, you know, all that kind of shit. People. And um, humans. Uh... New York's kind of a main character in the film. Um <laughs> But it's just like, meh. It's so on the nose. And is it, is Scorsese it, not, is it was not an homage? Theori- I seen it, so theoretically, it is. And I, I'm in two minds about it because I'm. Flies I'm, too close to the sun. I'm all for, like, yeah. I'm all. I mean, I've repitched. I, I got story buys all the time. It sounds like a story buy I would come up with. What if you made this film, but it was actually about the Joker? Huh? Mm, story yeah, by. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but then I don't make films. <laughs> mm, Some of that mm, have dumb ideas. It's not, a, it's not a dumb idea though, but I don't know. In its execution, you know, we talked about what the, that, uh, and I, I mean, I saw DiCaprio say it, but I assume it's probably a pretty broadly recognized thing of like you build empathy for this guy and then he betrays you. There's, there's not really the betrayal in uh, Joker. It's more like, huh? Don't you reckon, guys? It's it's not endorsing. I'm putting on the makeup now. <laughs> it's not necessarily endorsing a dressing up as a clown and murdering, but it just doesn't really have like the nuance that this film has. Um, mm. So it's yeah, it's just like dark for darkness' sake. Like it's not really saying mm. it, it. It insists upon itself. It is gotcha. the definition of insisting upon itself. Um, but we're not here to talk about that. We're here to talk about this. Yeah, I liked it. Al- Albert Brooks is in it. I totally forgot he was in it. Very un-Scorpio in this one. Yeah. It could be an origin story for Scorpio. <laughs> Maybe it is. And actually, speaking of, it is a bit of a... In, he in doesn't line, get Iris? Yeah. Or maybe he eventually does because... Oh, later, of course. Again, with the, with the turn, in the beginning, when you first see that guy and you see Travis, you're on Travis's side, you're like, I'm with, the, I'm with that guy out there. This guy's a dweeb. And then by the end he's of the a, movie, you realise you're probably... Knock. Yeah, by the end you realize, oh wait, no, I'm 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 probably Albert Brooks in the scenario. <laughs> yeah. mm. I have a lot more in common with him. <laughs> <laughs> Going into it though, I was I was very curious. I consciously went in 
trying to figure out if, because, you know, again, it was, some of it was lost to me as a youth. Like, is he a hero or not? Um, and so I was looking for signals throughout. And one thing that jumped out at me that was interesting was, you know, at the end, like the big, the big moment, like he's fucking shooting people and all that. There's like no music. And I thought it was interesting because sometimes the music kind of tells you how to feel. Ah, and then, that's nice. But in that scenario with no music, you just kind of left feeling like, I don't know how I feel about this. <laughs> like, mm. on the one hand, he's saving a girl, but he's just kind of. Yeah, and she's like, don't shoot him, don't shoot him. Boom, yeah, shoots bam. his head off. And then she's cowering in the corner. It's not like she's like, oh, you saved me. Yeah, and so I guess in his head it's this heroic moment. To us it's just this fucked up thing that happens. <laughs> and what about on that note? Sorry, keep, oh, keep going. No, that's that's it. Well, I was going to ask from there, what is your outtake of the end? That's the uh, that's the big question apparently. Oh, like is it a dream? Yeah. I was um I was watching one breakdown of it that's like, no, nah, it's not a dream. Cuz people say it's a dream because it's too like it's a bit sickly sweet almost. And then, you know, Sybil mm. gets in the taxi and all that kind of shit, but the thing I was watching made a good point of like as soon as she gets out of the cab again, he starts acting a little erratic. Like you see him looking in the mirror like a crazy person. And so kind of showing that yeah, he's still the same old crackpot that's probably going to lose his damn mind any second again. But, yeah, I don't know. Do you have a strong point of view? Uh, I no, Borrowing again, um, I read an interesting thing uh, somewhere um, and the guy was breaking down the, the final scene with the view of like a Caravaggio painting, oh. which apparently was a big influence, um, or Caravaggio themes have been used by Scorsese a bunch, and how they sort of had that, um, you know, it sort of pans up above him, that surface um, after the shootout, and you've got the Travis in the middle, sort of halfway between good and bad, you've got the bad guy on the left, and then the Oh, girl yeah. on the right, innocence on the right, him sort of in purgatory middle. But then it went a bit further and it was saying how the tempo and uh, and the way the dad's um, letter, thank you letter is narrated, is the same as Travis's. Which oh. sort of s- suggests that it was his, you know, figment of his imagination and that someone's, oh, like Sybil Shepherd in a white dress is like, um, you know, he's in sort of a purgatory and then she sort of steps out of the cab and there's a darker figure in the back of the cab, which right. is like Satan. So he's sort of in this purgatory type yeah, place. Yeah, right. Not quite heaven, not quite hell. Well, yeah, the whole thing was kind of purgatory, right? Does that make, that kind mm. of works. I'm down with that. Yeah, it was, yeah, I don't know if I articulated it well, but it was, it was an interesting read. That's more convincing than what I had seen. Yeah, it was pretty good. I've had a couple. That. that was, I think, the best one. I, I liked it the most, especially the little nuance around the the tempo of the letter at the end. Yeah, how it was read out. It was yeah. uh, that was that was interesting, right? It's like uh, like the guy obviously wasn't it wasn't a polished read. It was there was some stumbling over words here and there. It was, uh, and she didn't want to go home. Remember, she was like, "I uh, well, I left home for a reason. It wasn't it wasn't pretty back there." Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But see, I like this is the sign of a good movie that it can 
it can be ambiguous and you can read into yeah. different things if you want to. Like Without being stupid, yeah. Mr. Nolan. <laughs> Thank you. I was I was about to say Nolan, I didn't say it. <laughs> I was like thinking though, was... <laughs> you know, it's the, the era of Rocky, aren't you glad De Palma uh, gave the script to, to uh, mm. Scorsese and not Stallone? Because, <laughs> you know, after, after what he did, with First Blood, would be up to Taxi Driver Part 7 now and he's a fucking action hero. Oh, man, he would be. That's wild. You got a That's so PTSD. Astute. Can't He'd have a rocket launcher back into- on the top of his car. <laughs> he would, he would, yeah. He'd have a rocket car. Actually, I kind of Taxi wish he did driver. do that now. <laughs> and then, because he's pretty shredded in this, De Niro, but yeah. maybe he, maybe if Stallone, oh, well. I was thinking if if De Niro stayed on, yeah, but Stallone's driving it, the franchise. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. My mind's wandering. <laughs> I've got an um, yes. Uh, we kind of already answered that. I was going to see where you sat on the on the Bickle scale of mindless lunatic or vigilante. Did you did you have a? I think. Well, this is interesting too. The word vigilante. The other thing I forgot to mention when we were talking about the Joker thing is I'm watching this thing. And I'm watching him. Watching I'm watching him. Uh, you know, armor up, get it, uh, and get his guns. Create his little mechanism for the sleevey thing there, the slidey gunny thing. That and I'm cool. like, watching this. I think it would be more interesting to use this film as a template for like a Batman film than a Joker film. Batman's a vigilante. He dresses mm. up as a fucking bat. His parents were killed as a child. He has PTSD. Like, what if he operated in more of a grey area where you're like, oh, Batman, what are you doing? Is that okay? Mm, mm. Batman goes to a fucking porno theatre in the middle of the night taking... Creep up Batman a bit. Taking Chase Meridian or whoever the fuck. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be porno theatres. But I just think being more of like a... And, you know, Batman lovers will be like, but that's not the character. Whatever, we've got enough Batman movies of the character now. We can we can deviate a little. Like mm, Story by. <laughs> story off. by. What about a scenario where, you know, maybe he's not right all the time. Maybe he makes mistakes. Maybe he Maybe he's not rich. Yeah, maybe he shoots pimps, you know? Like yeah, maybe he's not rich. Mm. Maybe he's lonely, you know? Mm. Just maybe. Just maybe. But yeah, to to your point, the thing I started to think about with this movie, and I think it's something I've become more conscious of since coming back to New York this time too as a slightly older person. Something, when I moved to New York last time, someone I worked with said something that I thought was very astute slash humorous and I didn't Mm -hmm. think that deep about it, which was um, she said to me... What's to do with airplane food? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) No, she said, there's only 10,000 people in New York. Everyone else are extras. And um, what she meant by that at the time was you'll run into people you know like you know, I saw Blubber on the subway today. It's like out of a city of 8 million people or whatever, on an island of 8 million people, the, mm. the, the way you run into people like that. She meant it more in that context. Um, you mm. know, there's actually only 10,000 people here. Everyone else are extras. But in watching this film and in like, I'm standing in Midtown right now, which is a pretty wild cross-section of humans of all types. And it's like it's like that there's parallel worlds here parallel universes that all like exist in the same space but don't cross over. And, like you walk past someone and you go, I wonder what that person's life is like. And I'll never know. It could be a Travis Bickle. It could be a 
I don't know who who the fuck knows, but it it just made me Chase think. Chase Meridian. It could be a Chase Meridian. And it just made me think that it gave me like a darker sense of that idea of ten thousand people and everyone else extras. It's like maybe maybe uh, that speaks to the problems in New York, mm. which are probably problems everywhere. But in New York, it's more pronounced because it's so condensed. But how there's like these multiple worlds operating, and the two barely cross over. So like in this, in in, in Sybil's world, Travis is a creep. Mm-hmm. And then in Iris's world, he's kind of a hero, almost, or at least closer to. Mm. And I guess like being a taxi driver is like the a conduit between the two. Perhaps he gets to live That's, in both um, worlds. Yeah, I'm. Mean, I'm with you. I I had a different synopsis where I sort of went a little bit further down the. He was just fishing in the wrong, you know, in the wrong yeah. ponds. Yeah, kind of right. You know? He was trying to get out of his own. He's like, "Nah, mate, go back to your, your New York." Yeah, a little. It's um, it's less about the um, the uh, middle upper class blondes for you, buddy. Yeah, that is all. Yeah, it's interesting because then New York too. Like, what I like about New York is when those worlds do cross over. There's some magic there when you see like mm. people interacting that you don't see in Sydney people mm. of mm. such different worlds interacting. And I don't mean like just class and race and stuff. Just just there's more nuance than that. Just there's so many different kinds of people here. <laughs> mm. You mm. know, it's, it's interesting. A melting pot. A melting pot. A melting pot. Speaking A of, smelting should, we, pot. should we go through our New York criteria? Yeah. Yeah. So is it really shot there? Yes. A lot of Times Square back when it was seedy. Mm-hmm. A lot of East Village back when it was seedy. Mm. Um, in terms of coverage, yeah, mostly those two locations, it seems. I've been With these movies, I've been looking up the actual shooting locations. And this ah. one seemed pretty focused on those two areas, seemed to be like the main, the main bit. Is it inextricably linked to the plot? Yes, uh, for damn sure it is, I would say. He's driving a fucking taxi over here. Damn sure. Actually, that's the next criteria. Do they ride a yellow taxi? Fuck yeah, they do. It's in the title. Does he eat a well, hot dog? The taxi bit is. I don't know if he eats a hot dog. Oh, they're standing at the front of that depot a bit. I reckon there's a hot there dog. There must have been a hot dog there. in the mix there, yeah. Uh, street toughs. We get some street toughs. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we Big get time. some street toughs. 70 street toughs too. Just what you asked that's for That's what last I wanted, week. yeah. Ask and you <laughs> shall receive. Happy birthday. I did that for you. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Um. Iconic New Yorker cameo, no. Man, we need to get one of those. Albert Brooks. Yeah, Albert Brooks, I guess. Scorpio himself. <laughs> um, would you say New York is a main character in this film? Someone would. Yeah, I'd go so far as to say that maybe there's two New York characters in this one. Oh, yeah? You know, I mean, there's, there's the New York that Sybil lives in and there's New York that, that Travis oh, and yeah, Iris nice. lives in. Oh, yeah, 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 true. Yeah. The day and night. Yeah, the day and night. Mm-hmm. So I guess, uh, yeah, relative to what else have we done? We've done uh, Die Hard, Die Hard with Street. a Vengeance, Wall Street. What did we say? Die Hard was, well, we didn't really come up with a genre for that. So it's an action movie in New York. <laughs> Wall Street, we talked about the uh, be careful what you wish for, chasing that New York dream oh, yeah. in line mm. with, you know, Devil's Advocate and Cocktail mm. and such. Mm. Mm. I don't know what this one is. This is Forbidden just dark. Fruit. I guess this is the dark and gritty New York, the... The, the underbelly. underbelly. Oh. Wow. Jinx. Wow. 
Yeah, okay. So Underbelly, New York. So I guess that what uh, with the other movies we're coming that are coming up, I guess it'll just be this and when Harry met Sally and kids and kids <laughs> and Ghostbusters too and Ghostbusters too. <laughs> we got a bit to work through. We do, we do. <laughs> it's an enjoyable theme. We'll it do is. a round two because there's others. There's, there's others. There's many. Maybe we'll just maybe this will be an annual thing or something. Hmm. Mm. Biannual, semi-annual. Which one is twice a year? Who knows? Bi. You know, in New York or in the US, they don't say fortnight. What do they say? They say bi-weekly, and I say I'm pretty sure that means twice a week. It does. So don't you mean bi-monthly? But then I remember there were bi-monthly magazines that came out every two months. <laughs> English you don't sucks. Know what you're getting. <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, it's been bastardized around the world as well. English don't make no sense. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else? Or should we get into voiding? I was going to um, just quickly touch on the you talking to me line. Ah, uh, yeah. Which is, I think, in top 50 AFI lines of all time or most famous or most influential or whatever. Yeah. Most famous probably. Lines probably. of all time. Um, apparently he got that from a Bruce Springsteen concert. The boss himself said hey. it to the crowd. He was like, you talking to me? Are you talking to me? <laughs> and for whatever reason, that stuck with young De Niro and he rolled it out in his character in this film. Talking to me? But I, th- I was born in the USA. Yeah. <laughs> hey. But uh, I've, I've always thought it's a bit of a Mandela effect. Oh, yeah. Sorry. After watching this, there's a bit of a Mandela effect on this line because you yeah. – I think people misrepresent it, right? Like growing up, if you'd asked me what line that was from, I would have thought, again, it was like some mafia movie. It's more like Tommy in Goodfellas talking to Joey Bats. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah, it's a yeah. tough guy line, you know, before he bat- bashes someone. Because we all said it before we saw the movie. Yeah, we exactly. We had our own stories in our head of what it was. What it was. But it was kind of the opposite. It's this – one of the sadder moments in this movie really where he's alone yeah. trying to build this – Vigilante persona talking to himself, you know, there's no one else here, you're talking to me. Yeah. Which is like the opposite of kind of how it's represented. Yeah, true. hundred percent. This guy, he's not a cool mafia guy. If this if this guy well not that hey, not that I endorse organized crime over here, but if this if this was if Travis Bickle existed in twenty twenty, he would have stormed the Capitol. He would be mm. deep in QAnon. He would But he would have <laughs> But he'd be like lame in that world because he's just socially he can't connect. So he'd be like a want to be. Yeah, but he'd be good online or know? something, you know. That's what I don't that's know. that that's the type that gets sucked in because they're lonely and they oh, want to be right. part of something. Yeah, I guess. And they want to like be in the know of about something too, mm. Mm. and then yeah. be part of the solution. Because man, even QAnon, so much of it is about child trafficking and stuff. So there's, there's some parallels there. Yeah, right. They're saving the world. Yeah, yeah, I'm saving the world. One iris at a time. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, there's yeah, many irises. Yeah. Yeah, but that's a good call. Yeah, I always pictured it like um, it's definitely like a movie quote you know before you watched it. Mm. And I think I always had this image in my head of like, you know, a guy in a fedora, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Havana. Yeah. <laughs> you talking Mal to me. Brando. You talking to me. I have I have nipples, Greg. Can you milk me? <laughs> Why does this muffin have so many blueberries? I don't remember the line. I just remember he talks Sad. about blueberries in, in a casino. Don't remember that. Mm. Overdue. 
Uh, let's uh, get into the verdict. Mm, let's verdictize this bad boy. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like an answer to question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again? Say what again? I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. I don't really have an overall thought other than good film, this one. Hot take. Mm. You heard it here first, guys. Taxi Driver mm. is a good film. Good film. <laughs> Definitely rewatch. I'm going to watch. I want to rewatch it soon once I get a good home theater set up. Mm. Um, mm. Maybe the kind of thing that I would want to watch in the theater when, it, when, when things, you know. Oh, yeah. You know, when they, they show the oldies. Yeah, in like a porno theater. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> mm, you could watch it on your phone whilst in a porno theater. Yeah, nice multimedia experience. How about you? Mm-hmm. You didn't like this movie? Uh, I edited it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was very special. The uh, yeah, the Scorsese De Niro franchise was built on solid ground. Yeah, have they done a De Niro? DiCaprio crossover yet? I feel like there was something. Uh, he wasn't in The Departed, was he? No. And then. Surely it's coming. And then, yeah, you would have thought he'd pop him in The Irishman or something, but he wasn't in that, was he? No. The other guy. The other guy. Leo. Yeah. Yeah, interesting. Maybe that way, like, he doesn't want to put his two mistresses on the same date. Yeah. And he wants to keep him a bit competitive, probably. Mm. Like either probably uses it to negotiate with the other. Uh, forget mm. it, Barbie. It's probably more of a DiCaprio idea. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that reminds oh, you me. Said Bobby. Out, out I said of, Bobby. Forget it, Barbie. It's more of a De Niro. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. What reminds who? Uh, it reminds me. One note I had in this was I think Scorsese is a pretty good actor, and I was thinking, oh, would would we? I don't know. If I was to say that maybe he's the best actor that's primarily a director, I mean, it's, it's certainly uh, Tarantino is certainly not the best. <laughs> <laughs> what about when he does his Australian accent? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. I don't know if Edward Burns counts. He's probably more an actor anyway. <laughs> so I Edward thought you were Burns. doing Marge. I'm like, what are you doing Marge? <laughs> Edward Burns. Oh, I want to hear Edward Burns do March. <laughs> or at least him. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I think you got him. It's a scale. It's a scale of Burns to Mar- Edward Burns to March. I would sound like Edward Burns if I could look like Edward Burns. I would make that pact. Oh, man. That's the if. That's the trade-off. I'm 100% in. Easy answer. Easy answer. Uh, did, speaking of, did Simpsons do it? I don't know. I didn't get a chance to look it up. I would oh, I 100% I say. looking. I got sidetracked. Sorry, track. guys. That's what we yes. mean. We'll put it on Instagram. I'll look it up after this and we'll put it on Instagram. Sorry. Sorry, gang. Um, porn parody, I don't really want to check that. Bechdel test, mm. no, but there's a lot out there saying this is a feminist movie and it kind of explores Travis's toxic masculinity, which is interesting. Mm. Effects test. We get old timey. Oh, there's a there's a Mo does the. Are you looking at oh, me? Of course he does. Somewhere. 
<laughs> um, FX test. We get some good old school blood where it kind of just looks mm. like red paint. This is a real mm. difference back then. Blueberry's hand off. Yeah. Big loud guns. Like none of these fake sounding guns. Well, I don't know what a real gun sounds like to be fair. Oh, I got some recasties. Mm, who you got? I'm actually v- pretty happy with these as realistic uh, recasties. Well, not 100% realistic because one of them's dead. But um, Jake Gyllenhaal is Travis Pickle. Pickle. That's that's all I had as well. Did you? Yeah. Maybe because of that movie he did where he got skinny. Nightcrawler. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I exactly. Oh, sorry, I mean, that's where I, that's where I went. I was like, well, he Nightcrawler's got similar vibes and. Then yeah. when you think about him, like Jake Gyllenhaal is like he probably, perfect for this. He probably channeled some Travis Bickle for that. Mm, mm, it's a similar yeah, thing, good. yeah. He's operating in that grey area. Um, Heath mm. Ledger as Sport. Oh, yeah. He kind of looks just, a bit like Yeah, him. he reminded me of him. And I was thinking of him yeah. as a doorman in the cross in two yeah, hands. Yeah, and yeah. had similar energy. Yeah. And like the, you know, always looking around and like, huh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah. I like it. Eyes Maybe he about did. Like a Maybe shrimp. he w- Maybe he did borrow a bit of cartel for that. Fucking good point. I guess this is a pretty influential film. I wonder if he saw this one. Of course he fucking did. <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't recast the child prostitute. I thought that would be a bit weird. But uh, Ray Romano as uh, as Scorpio, as the dork. Oh, yeah. Wait, but he's a fair bit older. Yeah, well, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Which Romano do you mean now? Yeah, I don't know. When he's age appropriate. Mine, mine, appropriate mine kind Romano. of spans the spectrum of, you know, time's a flat circle. Yeah, I know. I agree. That's why I was trying to picture which Romano. Anya, Anya Taylor-Joy as Betsy. I don't even know who that is. You Google her Being in New be York like, two oh, weeks yeah. and you're already Anya to Anya no, Taylor. I watched, I watched last night in Soho on the flight. I don't know. What's she in? She's in a bunch of things. She look familiar to you? Yeah, she does a bit. Yeah. She looks a bit She's a bit of a girl at the moment. She looks a bit scary to me. Don't be afraid. Oh, Queen's Gambit. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Did you have any other recasties? No, nah, just him. Yeah, nice. Nice. Just Jakey boy. MVP? Uh, De Niro. Yeah. Maybe Lokita Scorsese. Mm, I wouldn't even yeah. talk about Peter Boyle, Romano Senior. Who? Oh yeah, he's in it. Yeah, he's an interesting fella. He's been in things. He is. Yeah. He didn't look really young in this either. <laughs> no, it's not like. Can you believe how young he was? No, he looked how the old? same. <laughs> he looked the same. <laughs> if anything, unhealthier. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what are we doing oh, next week? Times. Maybe something a little brighter. Yeah. What's the, what's the antidote to this? When Harry met so, Sally. Harry met Sally, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's do it. And then kids and then Ghostbusters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a bit of yin and yang. Finish on a high note. I didn't really want to finish on kids, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, that would be a bit sad. Yeah, yeah finish on <laughs> Casper. Shh, it's me, Casper. <laughs> All right. Okie dokie. Well, thanks for joining us. Thanks for joining us, friends. Gabe. Thanks for joining us, friends. Oh, um, someone's out of her nap. I better go. There's a little <laughs> head peeping in the room. <laughs> See you next week, guys. See ya. Bye. Bye.
You talking to me? Are you talking to me? You talking to me? Are you talking to me? Well, who the hell else are you talking? You talking to me? Well, I'm the only one here. Are you talking to me? Who the fuck do you think you're talking to?